production. So, Katrina, in this episode, some very helpful advice if all these interest rate rises has made your mortgage hell. Yeah, which I think is the case for mm, lots and lots of people right now. So believe it or not, there are still some good refinancing deals out there. Um, thousands of householders are refinancing their loans right now. So I'm going to be looking into whether the cashback deals that you might have seen on offer from some of the big banks and some of the smaller ones as well are too good to be true. And also the higher hurdles that banks are putting us through right now. A stress test of 8.5%. 8.5% is what you have to prove to the bank that you can pay to meet your monthly mortgage repayments. So this is a lot more difficult for people to clear. And when you refinance, your new bank still puts you through all of those stress tests. 8.5%, isn't that crazy when people were Mm. getting mortgages just two years ago of 2% or even less in some cases. So yeah, there, there are lots of offers because it's really competitive. All the different financial institutions are trying to get your business at the moment as people reconsider their mortgages. But yeah, there are some some little nasty surprises. So this will be a really interesting and important briefing as so many people struggle with these mortgages that have gone up so much in the last year. First, here are today's headlines. It is Tuesday, May the 2nd. Tributes are flowing for the tragic loss of celebrity chef and master chef judge Jock Zonfrillo. Jamie Oliver, Gordon Ramsay and Jimmy Barnes are among those to pay their respects. So this news broke yesterday that police had found him dead in a Melbourne hotel room in the early hours of yesterday morning. He'd just flown in from a European holiday ahead of his wife and children who stayed behind. Uh, they are now on their way home. And Zonfrillo was just about to launch a new seasonal master chef and appear on the project last night. The thing is, Jock was actually meant to be here with us on the desk right now. Like in this part of the show, it was booked, it was ready to go. And it's extraordinary that we're in this situation. The scale of the loss is hard to express. Yeah, that is just such a a crazy and, and sad moment. So there are no reports of health problems or suspicious criminal circumstances, which suggests that he's died by suicide, um, police will prepare a report for the coroner. Um, yeah, just a tragic loss. He was born in Glasgow but moved to Australia at the age of 20. And he started a restaurant that was lauded for the use of native Australian ingredients and Indigenous recipes. So a really interesting contribution to our culinary scene. Absolutely. And I know a lot of media outlets are picking apart his his Instagram and kind of, you know, looking at the posts that he's made in, in the last week or so. You, you just, it's a reminder. You can never, ever tell what heavy things people mm. are going through. I know you've done a bit of work with Lifeline, Tom. Um, mm. It's just worth keeping in mind that, that sometimes people are going through things that they don't share publicly. Yeah. And if you are, um, you know, having a strong reaction to that story and you want some support, call Lifeline now, 13 11 14. And the Federal Health Minister will announce a big crackdown on vapes today. I'm determined to stamp out this public health menace. This is a deliberate strategy by the tobacco industry to create a new generation of nicotine addicts. Yeah, so that's the Minister Mark Butler on Q&A. Um, the Federal Government will ban non-prescription flavoured vapes They'll need to have warning labels and single-use vapes will be banned as well. Um, He's going to do a press club speech today um, saying that the product was sold as a solution to help long-term smokers quit, not as a recreational product for kids. 
I am so keen to see the detail on this, um, mm. whether or not it's, it's, you know, meaningful, whether there's high enough penalties for the retailers, cause it is so easy to get a flavored vape mm. of, of any kind that you want right now, anywhere at any age. There's also going to be a really big um, education campaign. They're spending $63 million on that. Um, we, <laughs> we always bring up that terrible milkshake ad for <laughs> the consent education campaign. So hopefully, given that this will too be targeted at young people, um, they'll bring some creative brains on board for, for this one. Well, the main thing is they need to get out policing people who are selling them illegally and stop them from doing that. So I think the enforcement will need to be a really important part of the picture here because it's just gone crazy. So remember the brother-sister tax scam that Tom did on the briefing just a few weeks ago? Well, the sister, Lauren Cranston, the daughter of the former tax office deputy commissioner, has just been jailed for eight years for her involvement in the Plutus payroll scheme. She was found guilty last month alongside a group of four, including her brother, Adam Cranston, of attempting to carry out Australia's biggest ever tax fraud scheme. A long-running Supreme Court trial heard the group ripped off the federal government in an attempt to steal $105 million and their dad, the brother and sister, Michael Cranston, was not found to be involved in the scheme in any way. Yeah, so this is pretty interesting that the sister uh, has been sentenced to eight years. The judge said that she was on the bottom of the hierarchy. So her brother, who was much higher up that hierarchy, is still to be sentenced, which means he could be locked up for a very long time. And another big US bank has failed, so First Republic has collapsed, making it the second biggest US bank failure in history. The first, of course, was Lehman Brothers, which caused the global financial crisis. So it's serious stuff here. So there were two other US banks that collapsed in March, and then Credit Suisse, of course, in Switzerland. First Republic has been bought up by JP Morgan, so has been sort of an, an orderly tank over there. And markets have been relatively steady in their response. And I think part of the reason is the sale, the way that's happened, and that many people saw this coming. But still, it's not good news. Yeah, it's really not, and certainly not something that we need right now in this economic climate where a lot of us are really nervous about the impact of things like that on interest rates over there and by default over here. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. If the rate rises have already caused you a lot of pain on your mortgage, what you can do about it and how you can find yourself a better deal. Well, if you've got a mortgage and your payments haven't gone crazy already, the RBA reckons that as many as a million more of us are facing a sharp jump in our home loan interest rates this year. Just about everyone I know is refinancing right now. I actually just did it myself. And I've got to tell you, it was pretty overwhelming to navigate through all the different deals. There's cashback offers that seem amazing at first, but then you look at the fine print and you kind of end up paying even more over the term of the loan. So to talk us through the current state of play, we are joined by economist Sally Tyndall, who's from Rate City. Sally, I think it's pretty understandable that mortgage holders are looking around for anything to alleviate the pain right now. Have you experienced a bit of a rush of people looking to refinance? 
Oh, absolutely, Katrina. We are going through a refinancing boom. The latest ABS statistics show that almost $20 billion worth of uh, loans were refinanced in the month of February. That's just one month, $20 billion. It's at a record high. We expect that to remain elevated over the next few months as people really seek relief from what has been 10 rate hikes in a row. I know we've seen a pause now, but 10 in a row, families have been hammered. I know a lot of people have come off their fixed rates. Uh, Are there still some people who are on that honeymoon rate period or, or is pretty much everybody now feeling the pain? No, there's a whole lot of people that are still laughing all the way to the bank because they're on a fixed rate that's under 2%. Can you believe that? If you fixed your home loan for two years with a big four bank in July 2021, that was the peak of fixing, you are still on an average rate of around 1.94% as an owner-occupier, 1.94%. Can you imagine? But when they come off in July of this year, they're going to be in for an almighty shock because they're really going to get hit with 10 rate rises in a row. But also banks typically roll their customers onto the revert rate. That's a variable rate that's typically quite a bit higher than what you can get by shopping around. And so for that person with that 1.94% rate, we estimate that if there's one more hike after this, they could revert to a rate of 7.18%. That is almost a quadrupling of their interest rate overnight for their monthly mortgage repayments. They're looking at a 65% increase, 65% on what is typically their biggest monthly expense. It's going to be intense. Oh my gosh, that would be so hectic. I can't even imagine. I recently refinanced. I was not one of those smart people that uh, locked my rate in, you know, back in July last year. I did recently refinance and I was offered a cashback deal. And I know that apart from cash, there are so many other things on offer, including, you know, frequent flyer points. Just talk us through some of the sweeteners that banks and other lending institutions are rolling out right now. Well, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at refinances because in any refinancing deal, you've got to remember there are winners and there are losers when it comes to the banks. And the banks do not want to lose a customer to a competitor. So they are throwing all sorts of perks at you. You mentioned cashback. There's about 32, 33 lenders on our um, database that are offering cold, hard cash for people who are willing to refinance. You've got two lenders offering Qantas frequent flyer points. Uh, You've got fee waivers, and a lot of banks offering new customer discounts. So people will find, even as an existing customer, even if you took out your loan, say, a year ago, you're likely to be paying more than what they're offering at new customers, which seems hugely unfair. What is interesting at the moment, and I don't want to freak anyone out, but the big banks in particular are now quietly increasing the rates, their new customer rates. They're walking slightly back from this refinancing fire uh, because I don't think they really estimated there would just be these huge volumes of people refinancing. And I think it's getting quite costly for the big banks to be handing out these discounts and these cashbacks to masses and masses of people. That all said, if you haven't refinanced, now is the time. Competition is still incredibly hot, despite the fact that the big four have walked back ever so slightly. You guys have done a bit of an analysis. Um, they always say, you know, if something looks too good to be true, it usually is. Is it worth refinancing? 
It's absolutely worth refinancing, although obviously it depends on what your rate is. If you're on a fixed rate where there's break fees involved, you might find that that's not a good option for you. But really, most people are coming from a very low fixed rate and there wouldn't likely to be many, if any, break fees involved there. So yes, refinancing is typically worth it. There's some upfront fees. There's a discharge fee from your old lender. There's a couple of state government taxes along the way. But we've run the numbers. For someone who, say, is on a rate of 6.36%, we haven't made that one out of thin air, that's an existing owner-occupier who hasn't negotiated their rate since the rate hikes began. We estimate they're on a rate of 6.36% as a variable customer. If they switch to one of the lowest in the market, and one of the lowest at the moment is still around 5%, if you can believe that, they could, on a $500,000 loan, 25 years remaining, save just over $12,000 in the next two years. That's even when you factor in switch costs. So yes, refinancing can be really great way to mitigate that rate pain. What I would say with the cashback deals though, is just be very careful, do the numbers yourself, work out whether you're gonna be ahead or in the red with one of those deals, because so often a lower variable rate trumps a one-off perk with a slightly higher rate, uh, particularly on larger loans, particularly on loans that are say a million, a million and a half dollars, and particularly in the longer term. So if you jumped from you know cashback deal to cashback deal you know every say 12 months or so, you might find that you can get out ahead, especially if you can negotiate hard on those fees. But if you're someone that's prone to setting and forgetting, you know, a, a, a lower variable rate typically trumps one of those one-off perks. Yeah, I read about a couple refinancing all six of their properties. I mean, I guess they're lucky enough to have six investment properties in the first place, but they're using that to pay for their wedding. And I thought to myself, what are the downfalls of doing something like that? I mean, like that seems like easy money, but will that affect your credit rating if you refinance too many times? It can. It's really important to keep an eye on your credit score in this process. However, we did reach out to a couple of the credit bureaus and ask this question. And while it's really difficult to get a clear answer, um, I do think if you're not doing things like taking out a new credit card every time that you refinance, you should be relatively okay. But that all said, it's really important to keep an eye on your credit score just to make sure it's not sinking unnecessarily. But six properties where you might get what two, three, four thousand dollars worth of cashback per property. My goodness, you can do the sums, ding, 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 ding. But again, for anyone that's thinking to jump to those deals, just make sure that you're not cutting up your nose to spite your face with a higher interest rate because so often in this complicated equation that is mortgages, interest rate really shines through as the important factor. What are the tests that banks put you through now that are more stringent than before? I mean, how do they calculate now whether you can service a new loan and how is that different to what we might have experienced, say, the last time we hit up a lender? Yeah, okay. So the world has changed. Certainly here in Australia, it's completely changed. Why has it changed? Because of rising rates. Back in the day, APRA said that banks could, um, you know, stress test someone's finances at two and a half percent higher than 
their current rate. That was in about, well, they've played with the rules a couple of times, but that was, say, about two years ago. Then APRA realised people were taking on really large debts compared to their incomes, that, you know, the number of new loans being written at six times or more someone's income was hitting almost 25%. APRA knew they had to come in and do something because at record low rates, when the bank waxed 2.5% on to stress test your finances, it's quite an easy hurdle to clear. And so people were borrowing more and more from the bank. They then increased that stress test to 3% in, you know, when they realised that, you know, record low rates was causing this issue. And from this point on, they people, banks are still required to test you at 3%. Now, even at 3%, when rates were around 2%, not the hugest hurdle to clear, but when rates are like a very competitive rate is 5%, or five and a half is probably more realistic. When you're adding the 3% on top of that, you're looking at a stress test of 8.5%. 8.5% is what you have to prove to the bank that you can pay to meet your monthly mortgage repayments. Uh, and so this is a lot more difficult for people to clear. And when you refinance, your new bank still puts you through all of those stress tests. You might have been an, a perfect you know, customer in your previous bank where you've been got a fantastic track record of paying down your debt. But even so, your new lender will put you through that stress test. And so what some people are finding is that they just can't refinance because they can't clear these new serviceability tests at higher rates. God, that's really scary, isn't it? I'd love to know, you mentioned credit cards earlier. As I mentioned, I recently refinanced and I had two credit cards. And even though I didn't owe anything on them, a friend told me that even having those two cards rather than one would stand against me. What, what things should people keep in mind when it comes to sweetening the deal for the banks to consider them as a new customer? Absolutely. The credit card puts a huge, huge dent in how much you can borrow and for good reason. Yes, you might be fastidious about clearing your debt every single month, but the reality is you could max out your credit card, particularly if times got tough, you know, the temptation is there. And so they factor that in. They make sure that when they stress test your finances, they pretend that you've maxed out your credit card and they make sure that you can still pay the mortgage and still clear that debt with some room to spare in your budget. I think it's really important that, that the banks do this test. But if you do want to increase your borrowing capacity, if you do want to increase your chances of getting approved on a loan, cutting up the credit card, closing down that account is a really good first step. There are other things that you can do to um, really boost your chance of approval. Things like clearing up your finances before you go and apply for a loan, You know, making sure that you're cutting back on a whole lot of discretionary spending some banks even look at buy now, pay later platforms and payments that you might have in your transaction account and put a question mark over them. The other way that you can boost your borrowing capacity, this is a controversial one, is to ask your boss for a pay rise because wages are finally on the rise, but that is meaningless unless you've got a pay rise. And in this environment where, you know, unemployment sitting still at 3.5%, your boss might think, right, you could be a flight risk, better give you a pay rise boost and that will help with your borrowing capacity and also help with your budgeting. 
That was Sally Tyndall from Rate City. I actually think that that was one of the most practical interviews with somebody in the finance space that I've done recently. I got so much from that. If you are looking to refinance, I guess the good news is that for now, as long as it all stacks up with the cashback offer and, you know, making sure that you're not actually paying more in fees and over that longer term period, that it looks like the good news is it doesn't affect your credit rating. But good to keep in mind, cut up those credit cards, look at your afterpay and your other discretionary spending, um, get all your ducks in a row and ask your boss for a pay rise. There's probably never been a better time. Listener.